0: Hello and welcome to this edition of the Keep Northern Ireland Beautiful podcast. This is a special episode as part of our Our Future, Our Voice, NI campaign, leading the conversation for COP26. This week, we're going to be looking at public transport and how this can help us fight climate change. And we have got probably the best mind in Northern Ireland to talk about this with us, none other than the Chief Executive of TransLink, uh, Mr. Chris Conway. Chris, you're very welcome to this podcast.
1: Thank you, David. Pleased to be here.
0: Um, Chris, first question is, how is public transport operating in the pandemic? Obviously, you guys have had a lot of challenges since March 2020 in terms of adapting and also managing that situation. So how has public transport been operating during over the last 18, 19 months?
1: Well, it, it has been a very challenging time for, for everyone, really, but certainly in terms of what we do with, with public transport. I think initially it was very much about keeping the service maintained and running for essential workers and for key workers, making sure we we kept uh, the essential parts of the economy running, be that in you know, the retail environment or getting health workers to, to hospitals and things like that. Um, and obviously, our priority in all of that was safety. And um, we put a huge amount of measures in place, and you know, wearing face coverings, obviously, hand sanitising, sanitising all the surfaces on our on our stations and in our vehicles, um, putting up perspex screens, um, social distancing, all of those things were put in place to keep staff and to keep anyone who needed to use public transport safe. As we've emerged, we're starting to emerge now from from COVID nineteen, and we're still doing all of those things, and it's still very important to keep everyone safe. And um, but we're then also helping to support the economy getting back on its feet again helping people who maybe have a very lonely existence the last eight months get back out into the community and and meet with people and all those things are very important um uh you know for for people using public transport
0: yeah and have you found with obviously in the during the pandemic when obviously we our natural inclinations to bring people together i mean you've, you've touched on something very important there I mean, public transport obviously key for older people getting around but also in terms of kind of younger people as well i mean have you find that as people get back to kind of some kind of normality have you find a bit more appreciation of kind of the service that is provided and a bit more appreciation of the fact that of having good bus services good railway connections
1: yeah absolutely and, and i think we're seeing a lot of change in people's behavior about how they use public transport so you know the commute is still slowly coming back but it's still very slowly people are using public transport a lot more for um for socializing and um, they, they're looking now for later evening services and um, we, we have a lot of um activities going on you know uh, a lot of concerts and sporting activities and people are using it a lot more for those types of things as well going to the beach during the good weather earlier in the summer so you know we're seeing that people are people's demands on public transport are different we're trying to respond to that uh, as, as people get back and then of course you know just this week uh, universities going back this week uh, a lot of young people will use public transport to, to get to college and universities schools were back a few weeks ago as well so um, yeah a lot to take in um and a lot for us to try and and see how we might change things going forward
0: okay and obviously climate change is is obviously a big big focus at the minute as we are in the lead up to cop 26. um uh, with public transport i mean why is it why do you feel the public transport is so important in our fight against climate change and the climate emergency
1: Well, transport is one of the biggest carbon emitters that that we have, particularly in Northern Ireland. It's the second biggest carbon emitter uh, behind agriculture. Over 20% of our carbon emissions in Northern Ireland are are uh, come from transport and and most of those come from the private car you know we still 70 percent of our journeys are still taken by private car um and it's just so important that we start addressing that um and yes of course th- there will be technologies which will help us with that We're moving to zero emission vehicles for example and um, but we also you know that's not going to be a solution in itself we also need to move to uh sustainable transport options you know public transport and uh, to active travel and we need towns and cities to start thinking about zero Emission zones and, and and how we actually uh, encourage more people onto onto public transport. I mean, in a way, we're sort of turning the clock back a little bit. I mean, people used to use mass transport was was really the the main mode of transport for most people. And um, going back, you know, a few decades, uh, and we really need to see that starting to return again. Um, and even how we lay out our cities and lay out our our uh, residential areas, you know, needs to take count more of public transport and more mode to that. So, I think. This is a really, you know, the climate crisis is, you know, a defining moment for us right now, and and it's really urgent that we start taking action. It's, you know, we don't need to wait for technological technological solutions. In some cases, people can just 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 take take the bus a couple of times a week. You know, you know, use use your bike now and again. You know, it doesn't have to be every day. It's simple things can make a big difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I remember, I think it was yourselves a few years ago. You did that experiment kind of on Oxford Street where you. Uh, did the amount of cars vis-a-vis vis-a-vis a a bus or something like that? How much that that takes off the street? And it is absolutely incredible when you know if you if you look out or you walk around city centre and you see these queues of cars that are just that that they're just waiting to go nowhere. And you know, uh, and and you see people kind of gliding past on the train. um, You know who are are moving. You know.
1: Yeah, and then certainly we've seen that with projects like Glider and some of the bus lanes that we've put in on, on the motorways even, and then obviously with Rail as well, that, you know, you, you can bypass all the traffic congestion and, uh, and, and use, you know, use the road a lot better and more efficiently.
0: And obviously... Um, another thing, because we're talking about kind of some of the new technologies that are out there. Now, I know Translink have just recently taken on some hydrogen buses. Um, uh, there, an order of them have just come online. How important are they for Translink's future? And in terms of, I was actually a few weeks ago on one of your hydrogen buses in Belfast, um, and they're very quiet. It was uh, and very, 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 very comfortable. But uh, but but how important are they for your future?
1: Um, yeah, they are, and it's good to good to hear you using the using the bus when you're out and about, David. So that's good to see. Um, the um, look we're, we're uh, we've got three buses which we uh, ordered originally hydrogen buses through the office of low emission vehicle funding and um, and the we've now progressed to an order for 100 buses so that now 20 of those will be hydrogen and 80 will be battery electric Uh they're in production at the minute uh, and we'll see those going the first one, one of those will start arriving over the next month or so uh, and we'll roll those out over the next 12 months and that will make Northern Ireland, you know, the fourth largest region in the UK in terms of zero emission public transport. Um, and, you know, these technologies are vital. You know, battery electric has a big role to play, particularly in urban areas. Um, but whenever we go into longer distances and, and um, you know, heavier vehicles like coaches, for example, I think hydrogen will play a really important role there. And that's why we're keen to pilot these technologies now. And um, More support will be needed from government because these are expensive, mm-hmm. expensive technologies right now. But we're keen to pilot them and as i say having 20 we've got three out in the roads now and then we have a further 20 coming for hydrogen and even just storing hydrogen and you know all of that it, it becomes much easier uh, as we go forward um and you know the uk particularly can play a big role in the hydrogen technology uh, by investing in it now I, I don't think battery technology on its own will be enough mm-hmm. i think we'll need hydrogen technology too
0: okay so i mean uh, and that's obviously uh, gonna be a big part of it another thing that you're that that again particularly in belfast that is absolutely a big issue anyone who's talking about public transport and i'm sure you must get the ear talked off you about it uh, the glider the glider yep. is something that that is big and again something close to my heart it's 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 uh, i live in the north of the city so we'd very much li- like to see it up there just be- be- before we get to to the proposed expansion the Glider recently just celebrated, I think, its third anniversary of coming online in Belfast. Um, how has the east-west route been progressing, and, and what have you? Uh, are are you happy with um uh, with the the take-up and the public response to it?
1: Look, a glider phase one, you know, was a, a tremendous success, you know, as you say, traveling from east to west. Um, and, you know, in a way, all transport projects are really transport-led regeneration projects. And, and it's the regeneration effect that that has on, on the areas that, that it, that it uh, connects. And um, we saw about 45,000 additional passage journeys a week, um, you know, straight after the um, glider phase one that was implemented. And, you know, up, up until COVID, we were seeing those numbers continue to increase. In fact, uh, we bought three additional vehicles since we launched LiDAR in 2018, and that just shows, um, you know, the success of it. Um, and that's about a 30% increase in usage of public transport on those corridors that it travels on. So it, it's very evident, and you know, it, you know, people will say to me, politicians say it's one of the most successful infrastructure projects that they've ever seen implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, another key part, and we talked earlier about connecting communities, it connects east and west. So there are people who now go from the east of the city to the west of the city and from the west the city to the city to go and have a coffee or to visit a shop or, the you know, hospital. You know, people in, in the east can go to the Royal Hospital and, vice versa first can go to Donald Hospital. So... You know, it has it made it's opened up so many possibilities, and and it has connected communities who maybe would never have been connected in that way before, and um, and that's why it's so important that we continue the uh, development of. Um, glider and if i had my way we were launched phase two a week after phase one but uh, we've taken us a couple of years to, to get the consultation started uh, really pleased that we have the consultation out there and i think now that people know what glider can do rather than in the past there was a bit of hesitancy about you know well do we really need glider now it's more about i want it i want it my yeah. can we have it my and um, so as you know in the north this city there's two Potential routes and and both communities would really like it to go there. I you know I think whichever route we choose, the other route we will still treat you know very well with zero emission buses and 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 bus infrastructure as well. And then the south of the city as well, the the Omer Road out to uh, out towards um and Kernsil Park and Ride, I think is a really good solution to a really busy route, and um, which we hope we'll take, be able to take a lot of cars off that route. But as well as that, there busy residential areas, lots of businesses in those areas too. Mm-hmm. And we'll be able to connect those communities a lot better uh, than they have been able to be connected in the past. And and I think uh, along with our deployment of zero emission uh, buses as well, along with Glider, I think we'll give a really tremendous public transport offering to to you know people in Belfast, but also right across Northern Ireland. We've lots of other projects underway for connecting interurban connections and our new Belfast transport hub as well, which will connect um, both by rail and bus, you know, all parts of Northern Ireland too.
0: Yeah, and ultimately, I mean, is that so? So, is that the grand vision then? So, obviously, you'll have all these gliders strumming along, obviously, the greater Belfast area, but then also zero emissions buses taking up the load and, and other bits um, as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know the first areas, like, for example, um, um Craigie Road and Castlereagh Road and Hollywood Road, we're looking at zero emission. Uh, we're also looking at Lisbon Road and places like that as well. So, yeah, definitely we will be looking at zero emission technology taking up with the rest of the uh, load and also then connecting cities across North Ireland. And of course, uh, we're looking at a zero emission fleet for Derry, London, Derry as well.
0: Um, okay. So, uh, so, 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 if anything, I mean, the, the the momentum behind this is is it seems to be expanding. I mean, I, t- I think if you're not seeing, you're, you're not really foreseeing any kind of um, What's the word i'm looking for here yeah i take it i take it the 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 momentum that the momentum on this is only going one way
1: yeah absolutely because you know one of the the complications with uh, starting the journey for zero emission is the infrastructure you need so you need charging infrastructure you need hydrogen fueling infrastructure but once you start rolling that out you get to a critical mass whereby you can Add additional vehicles onto the infrastructure you've already got. So once we start spending the money on the infrastructure, then then we will start seeing further for buses. I would, we've a fleet of about um, uh, fourteen hundred buses. So I would see us adding about a hundred buses a year to our fleet. So it'll take us a decade to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but still that will bring us to 2030 you know well ahead of the, the sort of 2050 target um for, for buses and then obviously we're looking at our rail technologies as well looking at uh, the potential for electrification of our rail network too um, and yeah. so we're, we certainly have started the journey now and, and we, we you know we will need support from government in terms of investment and, and that's something we hope will would be further reinforced via COP26 but but we're certainly you know we're, we're, we're creating a momentum now which we think will continue for the next decade
0: Fantastic. So it'll be a be cross now. Now, another bit, big part of the, the, the piece that we're focusing on, because, you know, obviously, that, that old saying, if you want to, if you want to get someone into a good habit, you start them young. Um, how do you think we can get, I mean, I know plenty of young people use transport as it is, as we were mm-hmm. talking earlier about going to school, obviously, and going, and going to college. Um, how do you think we can get more to use public transport?
1: Well, I, you know, I think um, it is our biggest demographic using public transport uh, as young people and uh, um, uh, we need to keep people, you know, um, from 16 to 23 on public transport because we have a half fur for young people up to 16. And then just as they're starting to think about, you know, driving license and things like that, we, we chase them off public transport by, by increasing the furs. Now, that's not... And that's I say that a bit tongue-in-cheek because we do have a y-link card uh, which gives uh, young people a third off and um, their public transport from the age of 16 to 23 so that really is really helpful and um, but i you know i would like to see that they have for a concession continued uh, until people are 23 and um, and i think that would greatly help people continue to use public transport and um, We obviously are rolling out a number of new services to uh, help people. So, for example, we have our Unilink service, which connects Queens and and, uh, Ulster University, uh, and we'll be enhancing that and probably putting zero emission vehicles onto it as well. Uh, and looking even at the type of buses that we put onto it and the, the how the buses are, are laid out internally as well so that it's, it's attractive for young people to use. Um, and that'll be a great opportunity. And obviously then Glider will come along at a later point and help again to connect the two campuses. Um, encouraging you know employers as people are you know leaving university and starting work you know employers helping young people to to use public transport as a preferred uh route you know employers are thinking about their corporate social responsibility and what they need to do for the environment and that's a good way to you know keep people on it so it's really about you know at age 16, keeping them on public transport, and then as they transition from university into work, keeping them on public transport again. Um, You know, uh, private cars are expensive now for young people. Doing your tests are expensive. Getting insurance is expensive. Um, And as we move away from, you know, uh, we move to zero emission zones and cities. There'll be less car parking availability, um, and, and I think all of those things are, are good ways just to encourage people to to stick with public transport and to, and to help us develop the services as well. Because sometimes, you know, we, we need, you know, young people on and then getting feedback. We have a, um, a transit youth forum, and we try to use it to get feedback from young people as to what we can do better because mm-hmm. um, it's not just about connecting the cities it's also about interurban connections as well so how someone from a rural area yeah. get into belfast in the first place you know because sometimes they bring their car in and then they might as well use it when they're traveling across the cities so it's about saying how do we how do we uh, make that more accessible to people as well
0: okay okay and obviously you know a big a big part of what you were saying there about maybe extending those fares and things like that how how could the, how, i mean what, what could be done to help you do that i mean what could we what could we see to help to help you achieve that target
1: well that, that is uh, th- that concessionary funding is a government decision so that has to come from the executive uh, and I think again you know thinking about cop 26 and thinking about what we need to do for the environment uh, it would be a big strong message from government to say you know that we want to keep people on public transport and to extend that concessionary fare scheme for, for young people uh, i think that will be very beneficial.
0: Okay, fantastic. Um, no, uh, that that leads very nicely on to, to my next question. COP twenty six, obviously, uh, it, coming up very soon. It's just around the corner. Uh, we've already talked about some things that policymakers could do, but is there anything that you want to see from this conference? I mean, what 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 do you want to be seeing from the headlines uh, after the conference, and what what are the conversations you'll be looking to be having um, uh, in uh, in November and going forward?
1: Well, I mean, it's clear that this is a defining moment for us. I think one thing that COVID-19 has taught everyone is that, you know, these, these emergencies are real and and we've got to uh, as a society um, uh, take action early enough to 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 to, uh, address them we can already see some of the, the fires and the droughts and different things that are happening across the world as clear evidence of of climate change and we're even seeing it ourselves even locally not not to the same extent but we're starting to see some evidence of it so I think this COP26, you know, this year has to be really a defining moment. And um, we know that a lot of the agreements that, uh, from Paris haven't been accelerating fast enough and we need to accelerate some of those agreements that, that were already made at paris and um, you know, we talk about 2050 you know my view it's as soon as possible we shouldn't be setting targets so far out that people think they can forget about them mm-hmm. you know i think we need some targets which talk about well this is what we're going to do by 2025 this is what we're going to do by 2026 and 2027. we need targets closer in on transport specifically um I, I think the you know the technologies, you know electric technologies and and hydrogen technologies are starting to come through, but they still need government support. They're still quite expensive, uh, and and I think if we're really serious about you know 2030 and 2035, you know no you know new cars um, being developed that are you know through petrol or diesel, but all electric technologies, then the government needs more put more support into that uh, to really make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, i would like to see targets for cities to to move to zero emission zones and um, so again those these are things can be done quickly and um, we keep focused sometimes on the complicated things yeah. but these are things you know cities could could put together zero emission zones in their cities you know between now and 2025 for example and not be a great way to get car parking and things like that out of our cities and and, and change how we're doing things um and i think you know there could be lots of incentives that governments can do again not that expensive to encourage people to use public transport sustainable yeah. transport so um um, you know for example there used to be tax incentives for someone to use public transport uh, and you would do it as a benefit in kind uh, i would like to see government starting to move towards uh, you know initiatives like that to encourage more people to use sustainable and public transport so these are are you know shorter term things that can be done in the next five years um yes the, the big longer term targets still need to be out there around energy and mm-hmm. renewable energy and, uh, and those initiatives but there are other things that we sooner in sooner and i would like to see cop 26 focus on some of those closer in actions that can be taken right now uh, and start getting people's you know um behavior change to start to happen
0: yeah chris and 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 this will be my final question to you and you've just you've just mentioned keywords there behavior change and it sounds like i mean from from what we've just talked i mean transinker. are are up for this I mean TransLink are up for 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 changing the way you know you you guys are already taking steps to change some of the ways in which public transport is delivered um you're you you you're up for these for for these conversations and actually and and the actions that 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 are required from
1: yeah absolutely and and I think again you know one of the you know one of the, the big moments for behavior change is when people are making other changes in their lives you know, so we always find that, you know, when someone is maybe, um, you know, getting their new job and it's maybe further away from where they were and they're thinking about, well, how am I going to travel there? That's a key opportunity. If you can get to the person at that point in time and talk to them, then you can sometimes affect behaviour change. You know, when they're having their family and they're thinking about going to school, you know, is that, you know, a time for people to think about, well, how are my kids going to get to school? Um, mm-hmm. if they are moving house? Where am I going to live? What's the transport like? You know, these are all defining moments when people think about maybe changing their behaviour. Um, and I think coming out of COVID-19, is a key moment for us because people have been working from home um, and people are thinking about well how am I going to get to work am I just going to jump in that car in my drive again or perhaps I can if I'm only working maybe two to three days a week can I just use public transport those two or three days a week do I really need the car um, or do I re- reduce to one car in the, in the household and then use public transport the other journeys so I think there's an opportunity with both COP 26 and COVID-19 for people to think about things differently as as we emerge from COVID-19, uh, and I think transport is one of those areas where it's very easy to do. I mean, I would say to people, just take one day a week and use the bus or use the train uh, or cycle. You know, if that's more more convenient for you, um, or cycle to the park and ride and use mm-hmm. the bus. You know, and, and mix up the transport journeys. So. Um, you know, I, I I think, you know, just one, if everybody did that, we'd double the number of people using public transport. If just everybody in Northern Ireland took one journey a week that they don't currently use in public transport, that would double our usage in public transport straight away. So it's oh. it's simple changes um, and maybe that, you know, one simple change can lead to another one and then, you know, you gradually build up over time. So oh. I, I do think we're certainly trying to get ourselves ready for that and, and try to encourage people to to think about transport differently.
0: Okay, sounds like um, a lot going on in public transport in Northern Ireland, which is fantastic to see. It's what we want to hear and lots of new innovations. Uh, Chris Conway, Chief Executive of TransLink, thank you so much for taking the time to speak just today. Thank you, David. Thank you for listening to the Keep Northern Ireland Beautiful podcast. Please make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can be reminded of future episodes.